Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM. Let's create. During the summer when the weather gets hot, I can only imagine how much time you plan to spend outside with friends or alone on your couch with that AC blasting. AT&T 5G and home internet keeps you connected so you can enjoy all the summertime vibes. Whether you're sharing pics from a rooftop, video calling your friends from an outdoor concert, or streaming your favorite show episode after episode. So stay connected to your favorite people and your favorite things with AT&T 5G and home internet. AT&T 5G requires compatible plan and device. Coverage not available everywhere. Learn more at att.com slash 5G for you. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, Pop. Do you remember when we drove cross-country? Yeah. You rode with me in the truck. It was a beautiful ride. We went from here to Nashville, then to Columbia, Missouri, then over to Kansas. And I remember when we saw the Rockies for the first time. When you first see them in the, on the horizon, and you're still two states away. And you start to see the tip of the Rockies. And then the closer you get, the bigger they get. And you say, God damn, are these things ever going to stop growing? When I was about nine, my family and I left my boyhood home in Atlanta, and we moved west. It was the first time I really saw America. The thing about America is that it's not a country anybody can give you. If you're born in America, you are an American. That's my pops. And yeah, America means something to him. When I was a kid, he took time to make sure it meant something to me, too. Most nights when I was young, he'd tell us stories. Tales of open skies and hard labor. Opportunities harvested from the land. He told us real American stories. Stories of black cowboys. Did you know that one in four cowboys were black? It's true, even though you rarely ever see it on TV or in the movies. When I was a kid, movies about black people in the past were always stories about slavery. You knew there'd be a scene where a black man or black woman was whipped. It's difficult to grow up in America knowing that your people were slaves, or rather, they were enslaved, born with the same rights to life as livestock, property. It fucks with you, like real hard, especially when you're young and you're just building a sense of yourself. My father wanted to protect his black son, protect me from such a devastating blow to my confidence and esteem. So he told me stories about free black cowboys, like Nat Love. When I first read 
Nat Love's story, it, it sounded like all the men in my family. The stories that we had in our family were, were never stories of being victims, but they were stories of, of being successful, free people trying to live their lives against whatever odds they were. That's the lesson that my family passed to me, and that's the lesson I passed to you. And that's the way he told his story. He told his story as a free man going through the world. Nat Love's story captivated me as a kid. We know all the details because my pop got me a book, a tattered old thing called The Life and Adventures of Nat Love. Nat Love wrote it himself. He dedicates the book to, quote, that noble but ever-decreasing band of men under whose blue and buckskin shirts there lives a soul as great and beats a heart as true as ever human breast contained. To the cowboys, rangers, scouts, hunters and trappers, and cattlemen of the great Western Plains. Nat Love's life story isn't just a cowboy story packed with gunfights, saloon fights, cattle rustlers and showgirls, although his life story has plenty of that. His life is also the story of an enslaved man who found freedom in the open and wild frontier of the West. A black man who called the four winds his walls and the saddle his home. A man who roamed America just like they did in the Westerns. He did it for real. He was one of many black men who did. This is his story. It's their story. It's an American story. Yeah, this a home, it's been a long road for us. We taking ownership over everything owed to us Royalty, we surrounded by our heritage Our fist up, cause we proud to be American I'm Zarin Burnett, welcome to Black Cowboys An iHeart original podcast Hey, ask yourself what's really in the name Sitting on a Mustang, riding through the plains Buffalo soldier, the king of the range We in love with the cowboy way Chapter 1, Nat Love, the toughest black cowboy. No one knows exactly what day Nat Love was born. As Love puts it in his autobiography, quote, No count was kept of such trivial matters as the birth of a slave baby. That's how it goes when you're born as someone's property. We do know Nat Love was born in a log cabin in Tennessee in 1854. I asked my pop to read Nat's voice. That's how I first heard it when I was a boy. My earliest recollections are of pushing a chair in front of me and toddling from one to the other of my master's family to get a mouthful to eat like a pet dog. Nat Love was almost seven when the Civil War started. His master left the plantation to fight for the Confederacy, and he took Nat Love's father with him to labor for the Confederate Army. But even with that extra advantage of slave labor, it wasn't enough for the South to win. After General Lee surrendered, Nat Love's master and his father returned to the plantation. The war was over. The enslaved were now free. But often, the only thing the newly freed now owned were their bodies. Like, we had property we owned in North Carolina in 1866. You know, so it wasn't like we, we weren't looking for anything. So at the end of the Civil War, when everybody else had to run and do, do what they could do, we had land that we already owned that nobody could put us off of. So we were free people even in the midst of all that. 
then as the reconstruction period went through, Grandpa Edmund went and found everybody, all the siblings who had been sold. He brought all of them back to the property, 500 acres of land, and then we built a homestead so everybody had a place to live. We had a feeling that we were controlling our own destiny as long as we were on our own property. Nat Love's family rented a cabin and some acreage of farmland from their former master. They planted corn and tobacco. When they were done working in the fields, they constructed straw, mats, and brooms. On Sunday, their one day off, they sold their wares in the town market. Their fate was finally being shaped by their own hands, motivated by their own choices, directed by their will. This was the start of their American story. And Nat Love caught a feeling. He fell in love with the confidence that comes from self-reliance. He was smitten with independence. The fact that I was now free gave me the newborn courage to face the world and what the future might hold. But before Nat could step into his own freedom, his father fell sick and died soon after. His father had only ever felt freedom for one whole year of his life. The family was thrown into chaos. Nat Love became the man of the house at the age of 12. Nat Love's neighbor, Mr. Williams, had a horse ranch. He also had two sons, roughly Nat Love's age. On Sundays, when Mr. Williams was away from the ranch, Nat Love would sneak out there. He and the Williams boys would get up to serious mischief. And Nat soon found a way to turn that mischief into money. The deal was, for 10 cents per colt, Nat Love would break any wild horse picked out by the Williams boys. The colt would run, jump, kick, and pitch around the barnyard in his efforts to throw me off but he might as well have tried to jump out of his skin because I held on to his mane and stuck to him like a leech. The colt would usually keep us bucking until he could buck no more, and then I would get my 10 cents. Nat Love took to horses instantly. He seemed to understand them, anticipate them. He broke a dozen wild horses for the Williams boys, earning a dime each time. That's $1.20 in 1865 money. One day, the Williams boys brought an ill-tempered stallion for Nat Love to break, an enormous beast the boys had named Black Highwayman. The door was opened and the pole removed. Out of the barn, we shot like a black cloud. Around the yard, we flew, then over the garden fence. The unbroken stallion freed himself from the horse ranch and tore away at full gallop. Nat Love hung on, hoped his luck outlasted the horse's anger. There was no saddle, no bridle and rein. Nat Love just gripped the horse by its mane. Over the fields we went, the horse clearing the highest fences and other obstacles in his way with the greatest ease. The huge black stallion with the slender black boy clinging to its back caught the attention of hound dogs and the pack of dogs charged after them. After running about two miles, we cleared a fence into a pasture where there was a large number of other horses and young colts who promptly stampeded as we joined them. Highwayman taking the lead with me on his back and all the dogs of the country strung out in the rear. We went over everything, through everything, until finally the killing pace told and Black Highwayman fell, a thoroughly exhausted and completely conquered and well-broken horse. Nat Love had survived. More than survived, he found a talent he knew was valuable. It was also the moment when Nat Love started to imagine his own freedom. It was about this time that I commenced thinking about going west. 
What are you looking for in a new smart TV? 4K picture quality? High quality and immersive sound? A sleek design? All of those are givens, but only the new Roku Pro series has all of those and the Roku streaming experience. An award-winning OS. Get fast, easy access to all your apps like iHeart, where you can stream all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts all day. And regular, all-inclusive trips to Roku City. The new Roku Pro series. A smart TV built by the streaming pros. An October morning in a quiet suburb in a town in Scotland. A man is walking his dog when suddenly shots are fired from a car. The man falls to the ground and the car speeds off. An ordinary residential area, but extraordinary things happen in ordinary places. The instinct right away was it was a political thing. We're talking about Russian-trained, high-ranking officer in the Secret Service. An Assassin Comes to Town, a six-part podcast. Available now, wherever you get your podcasts. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM. Let's create. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. Hey, Pop. What happened to our family right after the Civil War? The people in our family who wanted to to stay on the farms, they stayed in North Carolina. Then there were others who did not want to stay on the farm, who had no interest in being anywhere near where slavery was. Then they, they headed out for Kansas and Oklahoma because they were all good horse people. So they went out there and, and they became cowboys. On the 10th day of February in 1869, Nat Love walked his way out of the old Confederacy. He put his back to the plantation he was born on and walked away from the land his family had rented from his former master. His brother-in-law had come to take his place. He was free now. His plan was simple. He'd walked to the edge of America. He wanted to go where his talents with horses were most valuable. He dreamed of Dodge City. But he didn't have a horse to call his own. So he walked. In 1869, America was stitching itself together. The country, nearly torn asunder, limb from limb by years of war and centuries of slavery, was now warily setting itself aright. The young nation was imagining a new way forward, a bigger vision for America, but one shadowed by the uncertainty of a lasting peace. The nation set to building the foundation upon which the subsequent centuries would be constructed. Nat Love walked on. 
That same year in New York, the investment firm that would become Goldman Sachs struck their first deals. In May, out west, Leland Stanford's long-dreamed-of transcontinental railroad finally connected, celebrated by driving a golden spike just outside Promontory, Utah. Nat Love walked on. That month in Cincinnati, the Red Stockings would field a fully professional baseball team, the first in the country. In December of that same year, Jesse James busts into a bank in Gatlin, Missouri, and robs it, the first one of his long career. The young and bruised country was taking adolescent shape. Nat Love walked on. Black Americans, newly freed, longed for a place to call their own, to build a community. Out west, in that wide open sea of grass, countless black towns were being formed, a fresh start and safe community. There was Nicodemus, Kansas, billed as, quote, an asylum for the freedmen of the South. It was named after an enslaved man, an African prince, who'd purchased his own freedom. Nat Love was 15 years old. A thousand miles later, Nat Love finally walked his happy ass into Dodge City. It was a poppin' frontier boomtown. A bustling, dusty city, its muddy, rutted streets lined with saloons, dance halls, gambling houses, and as Nat Love notes, not much else. Except cowboys. Western cowboys. And here was this black cowboy from Tennessee. The southern boy discovered that the western cowboys were a wild bunch, and often unfriendly to strangers. Nat Love bided his time. He read the scene. He laid back. One day, he saw a bunch of cowboys eating breakfast. A few of them, black. This wasn't strange, though, since, as you recall, one in four cowboys were black. So a boomtown like Dodge City was home to many. They invited Nat to eat with them. He asked the trail boss for a job. Any job offer depended on one question. Could Nat Love ride a wild horse? Yes, sir. He knew he could ride any wild horse calm. The trail boss called over to a black cowboy and told him to saddle a horse called Goodeye. He'd be the test for the wannabe cowboy. Goodeye was an ornery horse, a real son of a bitch. The trail boss and the other cowboys sat back, ready to be amused by the tough-talking tenderfoot. But what the cowboys didn't know was that Nat Love was no stranger to an ornery horse. Goodeye bucked like a piston. He lifted Nat Love up off the back of that buckin' bronco, Then it curved its body and twisted in the air. Soon as the Bronco landed back on the earth, it leapt again. It kept pitching and lurching, but Nat Love didn't let go. He held on tight until that horse stopped bucking and he'd stilled the beast in the heart of that horse. The trail boss hired him as soon as he hopped off. The pay was $30 a month. The trail boss decided Nat Love needed a more cowboy name. How about Red River Dick? for the Red River that marks the border of Texas and Oklahoma. One imagines Nat Love might have taken pride in the new name he'd earned, no longer answering to the name of his former master. The trail boss bought him a new saddle, spurs, bridle and reins, chaps, a few blankets. For the time being, he could ride the outfit's spare saddle horse. The trail boss also bought Nat Love a brand new Colt 45. Nat Love, AKA Red River Dick, was now a professional black cowboy. Red River Dick took to cowboy life without hesitation. It was a hand-in-glove fit. For the first time in his life, he had a real job. That meant real freedom, real independence. 
He was so far away from where he'd started. His new life was hard work, there was no doubt of that, but it was labor he freely endured, satisfied by the fact he was his own man, without a master, laboring for himself and his own future. Oh, I always wanted to be a cowboy. I've always had a strong, strong desire to, uh, you know, to spend time on on a farm, on a ranch. You know, I, I love, I love the, I love the environment. I love, I love the, I love the smell of, the, of manure on a farm. You know, when you when you driving down the highway and when you get close to the farm, you smell manure. Most people put the window up. I put my window down. <laughs> I, I can attest to this. <laughs> Cattle ranches let their massive herds loose to graze on the grassy plains during the winter. Starting in the spring, they'd round up the loose cattle, sometimes spread over hundreds of miles of range. After the cattle were rounded up, they'd have to be sorted by their brands. The cowboys would drive the cattle north to a cow town like Dodge City, where the cattle would be shipped by train to the slaughterhouses of Chicago. That's where they'd be butchered into beef and then shipped east, where this beef would wind up on the plates of five-star restaurants and the platters of family tables. The cowboys fed America. Nat Love had walked into Dodge City. Red River Dick rode out. And on his very first ride, he ran into trouble. The cowboys encountered a band of Indians whom Red River Dick called the Old Victoria Tribe. They were the first Native Americans he'd ever seen. Before that, they'd been only stories. There were about a hundred painted bucks, all well-mounted. When we saw the Indians, they were coming after us, yelling like demons. One of the boys was shot off his horse and killed near me. The Indians got his horse, bridle, and saddle. As bullets sung past his head and war whoops filled the air with shrieks and screams, Nat Love remained frozen. When I saw them coming after us and heard their blood-curdling yell, I lost all courage and thought my time had come to die. He had his brand new Colt 45, but he'd never fired a gun before. You see, back in the South, slaves weren't ever given guns and taught to shoot, for all the obvious reasons. Somehow, the 15-year-old Nat Love found his courage. Some of the boys told me to use my gun and shoot for all I was worth. Their words brought me back to earth. After the first shot, I lost all fear and fought like a veteran. Nat Love got lucky and survived his first gunfight. But while he'd kept his life, the Cowboys lost nearly everything else, like every damn thing. During this fight, we lost all but six of our horses, our entire packing outfit, and our extra saddle horses, which the Indians stampeded, then rounded them up after the fight and drove them off. The cattle trails that Nat Love rode were the big and famous ones, Loving Trail, Chisholm Trail, and he rode many of the less famous, the Old Dog and Sun City Trails. Almost all of the cattle trails crossed Indian territory. It was a lawless land, a land where might and bullets made right. The cowboys enjoyed a rare equality among men, uncommon at that time in America. Of course, this was before the more so-called civilized people from the East, you know, white people from places like Boston, Richmond, and Philadelphia, who arrived with their racism and with their law books that made their racism the new custom. 
But before they arrived, for little more than two decades, black men and white men rode across the prairies, as the founding fathers had once said, but never really meant, living as, quote, men created equal. While the life was hard and in some ways exacting, yet it was free and wild and contained the elements of danger which my nature craved. I gloried in the danger. In the wild and free life of the plains, the new country I was continually traversing in the life of a rough rider. These were men who lived right at the edge of life and death. Many were formerly enslaved. Many were veterans of the Civil War, suffering PTSD, or whatever they called it back then. Many were second and third sons of eastern cities and towns, pushed west by ambition and opportunity. They were men who didn't walk the safe path in life, and they lived like it, never knowing which ride or which dance with a showgirl would be their last. As a young kid, these stories stuck with me, because they were so vivid, so alive, and sometimes so gruesome. It would never occur to me to try to soften the information to make it acceptable and palatable, because then then you haven't delivered the message. Because the thing is, some stuff is not acceptable. And it's not palatable, shit. Uh, because you know, it, once you once you understand that people die, you understand it. Doesn't take a second lesson. Every time that love kills somebody, it was somebody who was in the in the act of trying to kill him. <laughs> That's self defense. It's just the wages of war. A frontier is a war zone. All the different tribes and the first nations that are out there trying to defend the land that they've been living on find that their choice is to violently defend it. The people who are trying to take it for no reason other than they want it are doing that in a violent way because that's the only way you can do that. <laughs> so as a result, this was just like a genocide. Once when Nat Love followed the Dodge City Trail, riding back to a ranch in Arizona, his outfit was ambushed by a war party of natives. We don't know what band they were from, Nat Love never says. Instead, he prefers to record their gunfight with sharp detail. When I saw them coming, I shouted to my companions, We will battle them to hell. Soon, we heard their yells as they charged us at full speed. We met them with a hot fire from our Winchesters, but as they were in such large numbers, we saw that we could not stop them that way and it soon developed into a hand-to-hand fight. Nat Love scrambled to grab his partner's horse and continued to fight from horseback. My saddle horse was shot out from underneath me, and about the same time, my partner, James Holly, was killed, shot through the heart. Desperate not to join his partner, Holly, Nat Love and the rest of the outfit fled the scene. Nearly every one of us were wounded in this fight, but Holly was the only man killed on our side though a few Indians were made better as a result of it. We heard afterwards that Holly was scalped and his body filled with the arrows by the Red Devils. Red Devils. There is an ugliness in Nat Love's words whenever he talks about the Indians. It's unmistakable. It's inexcusable. And it's impossible to ignore these aspects of his character. To even attempt to ignore them would be to perpetuate the attitudes he held. His attitude of cultural supremacy seeps into every page of his book. He often said Indians were made better by death. Truth be told, Nat Love was yet another interloper making his way on native lands. Now, 
In freedom, he was being used to deprive land and liberty to others. Black cowboys like Nat Love never seemed to consider that they were acting as the spear point of manifest destiny. It was the interior of the continent that had to be won over after the Civil War. That's where the cowboys roamed, and why they had to battle against Indians desperate to keep something, some land of their own. It was a divide-and-conquer strategy. Each population was turned against the other. Long before all this, natives had been paid by the U.S. government to become slave catchers. This, too, had been an intentional effort to divide the two peoples who had every reason to band together. It created lasting divides. Some natives did become slave masters and slave catchers, but far more often it was native communities who accepted runaway enslaved people. Nat Love, like so many black people seeking to find a better world and way of life, was also advancing the agenda of a nation that had once legally enslaved him and his people. Nat Love is not a hero, not in the sense that he is to be emulated. His triumphs of bravery and daring must always be considered alongside his cruelty to natives. Sadly, this too makes him very American. An October morning in a quiet suburb in a town in Scotland. A man is walking his dog when suddenly shots are fired from a car. The man falls to the ground and the car speeds off. An ordinary residential area, but extraordinary things happen in ordinary places. The instinct right away was it was a political thing. We're talking about Russian trained, high ranking officer in the Secret Service. An assassin comes to town, a six part podcast. Available now, wherever you get your podcasts. What are you looking for in a new smart TV? 4K picture quality? High quality and immersive sound? A sleek design? All of those are givens, but only the new Roku Pro Series has all of those and the Roku Streaming Experience, an award-winning OS. Get fast, easy access to all your apps like iHeart, where you can stream all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts all day, and regular all-inclusive trips to Roku City. The new Roku Pro Series, a smart TV built by the streaming pros. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash code assistant. IBM. Let's create. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. July 4th, 1876. The young nation of America celebrated its centennial anniversary. 100 years old. 
the nation that few in the old world believed would make it, that upstart nation made of the people, by the people, and for the people, had survived its civil war. America was feeling confident and cocky as a cowboy. Natla was in the Dakota Territory at the time. We arrived in Deadwood in good condition without having any trouble with the Indians on the way up. We turned our cattle over to their new owners at once, then proceeded to take in the town. Imagine the smell of streets made of mud and horse shit, the noise emanating from saloons busy selling sins to all comers, the jangly piano, the snatches of laughter, the occasional gunshot. Deadwood was a camp masquerading as a boomtown, a place populated with soiled optimism, a very American scene. The next morning, July 4th, the gamblers and mining men made up a purse of $200 for a roping contest between the cowboys that were in town. A trail boss picked out 12 of the most vicious and mean-tempered Mustangs he could locate on the range. I roped, threw, tied, bridled, saddled, and mounted my Mustang in exactly nine minutes from the crack of the gun. The time of the nearest competitor was 12 minutes and 30 seconds. This gave me the record and the championship of the West. After the roping contest, the Cowboys, still hungry for competition, arranged a shooting contest. Nat Love won the $200 purse. He also won a new name. The name of Deadwood Dick was given to me by the people of Deadwood, South Dakota, July 4th, 1876, after I had proven myself worthy to carry it, and after I had defeated all comers in riding, roping, and shooting. And I have always carried the name with honor since that time. It was just a few months later, in October of that same year, Nat Love, a.k.a. Red River Dick, a.k.a. Deadwood Dick, the toughest black cowboy ever, nearly met his end. Nat Love was riding the range, rounding up strays. The closest cowboy from his outfit was miles away. He heard the familiar war whoops, and then he saw them, the warriors in full war paint. So I headed for Yellow Horse Canyon and gave my horse the rein. But as I had considerable objection to being chased by a lot of painted savages without some remonstrance, I turned in my saddle every once in a while and gave them a shot by way of greeting. And I had the satisfaction of seeing a painted brave tumble from his horse and go rolling in the dust every time my rifle spoke. I had about decided to stop and make a stand when one of the bullets caught me in the leg, passing clear through it, and then through my horse, killing him. The horse fell to the earth. It formed an awkward pile, which Nat Love used as cover. Quickly falling behind him, I used his dead body for a breastwork and stood the Indians off for a long time. Everything changed when Nat Love ran out of ammo. The war party drew in closer. It encircled him much like if he were a Mustang to be corralled. And then once he was overcome by his attackers, he was knocked cold. Darkness followed. When I came to my senses, I was in the Indians' camp. What caused them to spare my life, I cannot tell. But it was, I think, partly because I had proved myself a brave man. Another reason why he might have been saved, Deadwood Dick was black. He'd been captured by the tribe of a chief named Yellow Dog. It was a mixed band of natives. As he put it, There was a large percentage of colored blood in the tribe. And as I was a colored man, they thought I was too good a man to die. 
So the tribe took him in. Three days after my capture, my ears were pierced, and I was adopted into the tribe. Soon as he could walk, Nat Love threw himself into the war dances and medicine dances of the tribe. He also learned to communicate with his captors. First by hand signs, soon he could speak with them in broken phrases and words. He was given a new name. The tribe dubbed him Buffalo Papoose. Days passed, then weeks. His attitude against the natives softened a little. He'd lost his freedom. He was a captive, but he was no slave. He'd been made his captors equal. That difference was vital. One month after he'd been captured, Nat Love picked his moment to flee. He just hoped his luck could keep up with him. It was a dark, cloudy night, and the Indians, grown careless in their fancy security, had relaxed their watchfulness. After the quiet of the camp proclaimed them all asleep, I crawled about 250 yards to where the horses were picketed, and going to the Indian pony I had already picked out, I made for the open prairie in the direction of the home range in Texas, 100 miles away. All night he rode, through darkness and cold, until he arrived back at the ranch. It seems to me that if ever a man bore a charm, I am the man as I have had five horses shot out from under me and killed, have fought Indians and Mexicans in all sorts of situations, and have been in more tight places than I can number. Yet, I have managed to escape with only the mark of a bullet or knife as a reminder. The fight with the Yellow Dog Tribe is probably the closest call I ever had, and as close a call as I ever want. With the stretch of barbed wire, the span of the railroad, and the crisscrossing lines of the telegraph, the West was losing its wildness. The law was no longer escapable. Civilization had reached its grasping fingers into the last untouched parts of America's interior. With the march of progress came the railroad, and no longer were we called upon to follow the Longhorn steers or mustangs on the trail while the immense cattle ranges stretching away in the distance as far as the eye could see now began to be dotted with cities and towns and cattle industry which once had a monopoly in the west now had to give way to the industry of the farm and mill to us wild cowboys of the range used to the wild and unrestricted life of the boundless plains the new order of things did not appeal and many of us became disgusted and quit the wildlife for the pursuits of our more civilized brother. I was among that number, and in 1890, I bid farewell to the life which I have followed for over 20 years. Nat Love, Red River Dick, Deadwood Dick, Buffalo Papoose, back to Nat Love again. Nat took a job as a Pullman porter, a train man. In that same land where he'd once gotten into gunfights with cattle rustlers and outlaws and marauding bands of Indians, he carried passengers to and fro from Chicago to Denver. Cargo too, sometimes cattle cars. Nat Love's new outfit, the Pullman Porters, made some history of their own. For more than two months in 1894, the Pullman Porters went on strike. It was a major event in American history. Black men standing up for themselves in a united, unionized effort. The strike had to be ended by President Grover Cleveland. The federal holiday of Labor Day was one result. 
Another result? Their example of collective action became a seed for the civil rights movement more than 50 years later. From the Civil War to civil rights, Nat Love's life story stretched from one America into the dawn of another. The Life and Adventures of Nat Love was published in 1907. I still have the tattered copy my dad used to read to me. In the preface, Nat writes, I have tried to record events simply as they are, without attempting to varnish over the bad spots or draw on my imagination to fill out a chapter at the cost of the truth. It has been my aim to record things just as they happened, believing they will prove of greater interest thereby. And if I am able to add to the interest and enjoyment of a single reader, I will consider myself well repaid for the time and labor. Nat Love's book? I think it's 100% true. Yeah. Having been something of an adventurer myself, I recognize when people are not lying. And the one thing he never did was embellish. He never tried to make himself look good. He described what happened in a way that I recognize. <laughs> yeah, that's what that was. <laughs> Pop, where did you get Nat Love's book anyway? Uh, I got it at a bookstore in Princeton. Uh, there's a uh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> it's another another whole story. But I was at a bookstore in Princeton in 1970, and they had two copies of it. So I <laughs> I stole one of them. <laughs> I, I thought Nat would have liked that. <laughs> I know I did. <laughs> Toward the end of Nat Love's life, as he was still riding the rails, galloping across the plains, propelled by the steel horses that had replaced him, as the locomotive steamed into the future and Nat Love gazed out at that sea of grass, that rolling and rollicking green prairie, I wonder, did he ever think of all the men he'd sent to their graves and regret any of it? Did he ever long for the solid earth, a piece of America to call his own? If he did, Nat Love never wrote about it. He seemed to find his home out there on the range. But I also wonder, did he recall with pride the many times his horse was shot out from under him? All those stampedes and ambushes he somehow scraped through. Did he ever feel just how far he had come? He'd walked off the plantation of his birth from Tennessee to Kansas and found an American life of high plains freedom. As cowboy as they come. A black survivor in the heart of America. I'm Zaren Burnett. Thanks for listening. Coming up on the next episode of Black Cowboys, Cherokee Bill, the greatest outlaw you've never heard of. Black Cowboys is written by me, Zaren Burnett. Produced and edited by Ryan Murdoch and Michelle Lands. Our theme song is written and performed by Demeanor. Sound design and music by Jeremy Thal. Additional music by Alvin Youngblood Hart. Research and fact-checking by Austin Thompson, Marissa Brown, Jocelyn Sears, and Aaron Blakemore. Show logo by Lucy Quintanilla. Executive producers are Jason English and Mangesh Hatikader. Special thanks to my pop for the voice of Nat Love and for all the stories. Yeah, this a home, it's been a long road for us. We taking ownership over everything owed to us. Royalty, we surrounded by our heritage. Our fist up, cause we proud to be American. What's really in the name? Sitting on a Mustang, riding through the plains. Buffalo soldier, the king of the range. We in love with the cowboy way.
What are you looking for in a new smart TV? 4K picture quality? High quality and immersive sound? A sleek design? All of those are givens, but only the new Roku Pro series has all of those and the Roku streaming experience. An award-winning OS. Get fast, easy access to all your apps like iHeart, where you can stream all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts all day. And regular, all-inclusive trips to Roku City. The new Roku Pro series. A smart TV built by the streaming pros. An October morning in a quiet suburb in a town in Scotland. A man is walking his dog when suddenly shots are fired from a car. The man falls to the ground and the car speeds off. An ordinary residential area, but extraordinary things happen in ordinary places. The instinct right away was it was a political thing. We're talking about Russian trained, high-ranking officer in the Secret Service. An Assassin Comes to Town, a six-part podcast. Available now, wherever you get your podcasts. When we come together, it's magic. And for 30 years, we've celebrated that. Because our ideas, our art, our flavor, our community, our impact, there's nothing like it. Here, in this place, this is where we fall more in love with everything that makes us, us. This is the place where we love us. Celebrate 30 years of loving us at Essence Festival. Get your tickets at EssenceFestival.com. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. 